Hello, it's your host, Julian Fernandez, alongside Joshua John and Jonah Wade. And today we have someone special. Um, we have my good friend, Daniel Rodriguez. Welcome, Daniel. Hi, uh, thanks for having me. Of course, we love to have you. Um, Daniel's a good friend of mine. Like I said before, he goes to Penn Charter. Um, instead of me introducing you, I think you should introduce yourself, to be honest. <laughs> Um, I guess my name is Daniel Rodriguez. Um, I go to Penn Charter. Um, I guess you can call me a lib. Uh, I don't know. It's, you'll see who I am. Finally, some more representation. Let's go. I look forward to helping out Jonah. I don't need any help, but thank you for the offer. (laughs) All right. So this week, we want to talk about social media activism, also known as slacktivism, and how they may or may not be connected, and the, the ups and downsides. Um, I think I'm going to start off some of this episode with asking each one of you um, your participation of, I guess, on social media. So I think I'll go first. Um, I have an Instagram. I have a Snapchat. Uh, I have a Facebook where I just post things where I'm doing... Um, as I reach out to family members, I really don't use Facebook at all. I hate opening that app. The ads I see on that are terrible. Um, I'm pretty sure it's run by Tucker Carlson, but that's besides the fact. Um, those are really, yeah, Russia. Russia? Um, but that's what I use. Um, I guess Josh, John, you can go next and Jonah and then Daniel. Um, well, my social media presence is not very wide or deep. Um, just on Snap, occasionally TikTok. Um, although on Snap, I did post a couple days ago. Um, I was calling for peace because a few days ago we had massive riots in the city, and um, you know, I understood the anger, but it was that anger was not it was not productive, and it was not about George Floyd. It was just so people could loot and riot. So the the actions of very few drowned out the voices of a lot of protesters, peaceful protesters. Um, I mean, I'm a 17 year old. So of course I have social media, um, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, I think if you're, if you're a left, if you're a lefty, who's, who's into this kind of stuff, you can't really not have Twitter, you know? Um, it's just a really interesting place where you see a lot of different messages and a lot of different, um, just a lot on there. Um, yeah. I'm on Twitter as well. Let me just add that. I forgot. I'm on Twitter. So you can continue, Daniel. <laughs> um, so it's like Jonah. Um, I'm kind of on everything. I got Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Don't have a Facebook. Um, that's just because there's no point in really having Facebook if you have everything else. Um, but yeah, I'm on Twitter a lot, uh, and I kind of bounce around different apps. Do you say you post hot takes on Twitter? Uh, uh I'm, not, I'm not really a big poster on Twitter. I, I do post some hot takes. You guys should follow me. It's at not Daniel Rod. Um, <laughs> doing it right now. I don't tweet. I just follow a lot of interesting accounts and, and see what the the Twitter universe has to say. 
it, it, it a, lot, a lot of it's like since trump uses twitter so much like yeah i can't not be on twitter like not knowing what he's saying you know and it's crazy um, to to compare like his messages on twitter because a lot of it is just blatant lies and blatant mistruth misleading uh statements and then see see the internet's reaction to that a lot of it's just like figuring out like what's his next what's his next like big thing or what's his next scandal gonna be um like i, I remember being up at like was it like 12 30 a.m when he tweeted about that uh um when the looting starts the shooting starts thing and like already that, that night was like scary seeing everything going down in minnesota and i was like yep this is gonna be the next big thing mm-hmm. now wait, wait jonah i kind of want to get get back to that slacktivism so were you equating like slacktivism and like social media activism like as the same thing no, I'm not. I was not complaint, um, acquitting them at all. I think that you can be an activist on social media, but also be an activist in the real world. But I think where the problems start is when you're only an activist on social media and you don't take any other action, either personal or in your community. I think that's where the problems start. What other action um, do you think needs to be taken outside of social media? Yeah, I mean, so I I kind of consider it. There's two. There's two lanes. There's two categories. There's, there's, um, there's economic and social. So social is super easy. I mean, calling out, calling out racism and prejudice where you see it, recognizing your internal biases as well as biases of those around you is really important. And that's pretty easy to do. You know, calling out your friends is something that everybody can do. And although it takes a little bit of guts, you know, it's not, you don't need any money. You don't need any time investment. But I think the other side, if you want to look at economic oppression, I think that's a lot harder to tackle as an individual. And I think a lot of people, it, a lot of people, it, it's, it's really hard. And I don't even know if a lot of people can do it. So if you look at, if you look at a lot of, we're, we're talking about George Floyd. So I want to talk about like specifically African-American community. You, you have prison industrial complex, the war on drugs, the, un, the massive underfunding of um, underserved public schools, and you have cuts to social programs. I think as an individual, it's really hard to address all of those. Um, but I think the only thing you really can do is vote and, do your part to get out the vote. If you see a candidate who supports, um, you know, racial justice, you as a person, you as an individual, not only can you vote, you can knock on doors, you can make calls, um, you can organize in that way. So I think there's there's very basic things you can do, but in terms of tackling the systemic problems, so I don't really think social media can can solve that. I think something I wanted to bring up was the first, or I think where this idea came from. I remember me and Daniel Rodriguez had a, a couple conversations about slacktivism in the past, and he's called it out. Um, but the, I wanted to have a podcast on this because Tuesday, um, I woke up and I opened up my phone to Instagram, and uh, there's a bunch of black squares um, with the hashtag, hashtag Blackout Tuesday. And I believe it was to show the support for the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and over the past couple of days and even the past hours of when that was occurring, a lot of debate and conversation was around, surrounding that on whether if that was really being helpful or was that just another thing people could check off their box and say, hey, look, I posted a black box. I'm not racist. So do you guys want to talk about that a little bit? I want to ask like what you guys think about that, the black boxes. Um, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I think people are just blowing this way out of proportion. I think a lot of people who did it actually had a genuine um, negative reaction to what's happening. And I think they 
that they are trying to fight for racial equity and whatnot. But I mean, obviously, there's always more that can be done by people. Um, but I mean, I can't. I don't think we can um, just set aside that as just oh, it was a checkbox or whatnot. Um, for me personally, it was kind of interesting because I had a good friend of mine text me saying like, like, what do you, what do you think? Like, is it, is it a good idea? He's white. Um, he's asked me like, is it a good idea to post a square? Cause on the one hand, like I want to show my support, but on the other hand, I've been hearing people talking about how this could be a baby drowning out other people's voices. Um, and personally, I, I, I thought it was pretty moving to go on Instagram and see like, not only was it like my friends, um, and then like mutual friends posting squares, it was like, sports accounts, meme accounts, like all different kinds of accounts. Basically, like I saw maybe like two or three actual posts that f- through that entire day. And it was just like international accounts posting stuff because they're not really involved, obviously. Um, but uh, the problem sort of emerges for me um, when you do look at like if you I don't know if this is still true. But at least on Instagram, if you looked at the Black Lives Matter hashtag, it was just all black squares. It was nothing like meaningful or like informative. It was just all black squares, which kind of like literally, literally blacked out the uh, the hashtag. We like essentially the hashtag was made sort of obsolete and inaccessible. And people were complaining about it being on their feeds and stuff and whatnot. And I don't think it really matters that much because at least for me personally, like I don't, well, I, I didn't post a square personally, but that's just cause I didn't really feel a need to cause I can express myself in other ways besides making a post on Instagram. Yeah. Um, and to that point, I just feel like, like, yes, I, I think the intention is good, but I think, I think some of them were used as kind of a, not an ego booster per se, but like, like after this, oh, I posted my black square, I can pat my hands off. All right, we're done. I've done my activism for the day, and and not really, not really dig into the real problems, both socially and economically. You know, so I think solidarity is good to a point, but I think when you're doing it, I don't think any, I don't know. I just think when you're doing it, like just to do it, just because it's a trend, just because you see it. I think that's kind of not problematic, but I think that there should be more intent and meaning behind I, social media. I mean, there's not much more that they can do besides calling their representatives and asking them to make massive reforms in all these different issues. I mean, at the end of the day, most of us are still teenagers. Um, I mean, we can get out in the streets, we can protest. Um, we can call our representatives to actually do something for once. But, I mean, af- after that, there's not really not that much that they can do besides no, I'm, I'm not saying that, that light. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I think some people use it to assure them themselves that they're not part of the problem, you know? Oh, yeah. They yeah. can say, oh, see, it's not me. I posted this square on Instagram, right? They say that, you know, it, it's a lot of pointing fingers, a lot of, oh, you didn't post it? Oh, like, oh, I don't know, man. And I think it's, it's almost a defense mechanism against, and, and it, it blocks people, I think in some circumstances, from looking inside and saying, you know, do I have implicit biases? I think many people do. That's just how our society is formed. But I think that, and just that alone, impedes people from really 
recognizing it and that and really looking at the systemic problems as well as the social yeah i think i saw i mean i saw some of these posts and i'm some people posted it and i'm like man you haven't said a word you haven't said a single word until this black square and then afterwards you still haven't said a word and, and i'm just looking at i go i mean i'm sort of just looking at that as like i know damn well you're really just checking a box here and I, I said it too. I said it to a couple of people. I'm like, here's the thing. I didn't post a black square personally because I know I've been doing some things that are rather than I think I can, as Daniel said, I can express myself in other ways. Um, but it's just the irony of it, of just people like pretending like they care. And I, something people would have arguments about me with this. And the thing is, I said, I don't want people to act like they care and make this movement weaker. Okay, if you don't believe in something, then don't believe in it, okay? I mean, you can have your opinion. Like, I may not like it. Other people may not like it. But if you don't believe in it, don't fake and act like you believe in it. It's almost like unnamed peer pressure. It's like you look at your feed, you see all of your friends doing this, and you think, oh, if I don't do this, is there something wrong with me? Does that mean I don't believe in this cause? Yeah, I think even something I was I was watching Trevor Noah. Uh, I love Trevor Noah. Um, really, just the goat. <laughs> um, but something he said when we're talking about, um, he was talking about America and racism. He said people in America are more scared to be called racist than be racist. So when things when something happens, they're like, "I'm not racist. I got two black friends. I got three black friends. I didn't. I never said the n word. I'm not racist." But they still have actions and they still do things that are racist. So I love. I, I just find it funny, and I totally agreed when he said that. When America is more afraid to be racist, and this even includes the canceled culture, and that's a whole different story. We may go into that in another episode. Um, but people are more afraid to be called racist than like observe that they're being racist and having minute or big racist actions. Well, you see, that's kind of interesting because. I don't, what kind of fear would come from being racist, you know? Because I, I think that part of the solution is calling out people for, be, for being what they are, being racist, you know? And applying social pressure on people to check, well, not, not only check their own biases, but to acknowledge when other people, including themselves, are being racist, you know? Um, and not, I think that, 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 that kind of social pressure is... That kind of social pressure is powerful. Um, I don't think we should. I think we should maintain that as a tool. I agree, and I completely understand. But I think that the, the black squares in particular aren't pressuring people to check their own biases. They're just pressuring people to post just so they feel don't feel left out. You know, if you want to, if you want to get a trend going, mm -hmm. get a trend of something more meaningful. Saying, "Oh, how can I recognize the ways that I am, you know, privileged in a in a society that." Um, that prioritizes white people, you know? I think that would be more productive than just the black screen. Well, I understand the intent. Yeah, I mean, beyond all this, these things, we need to have heart-to-heart -heart conversations with everybody. I mean, that's something that we, as a community, don't do enough. Like, that's one of the reasons why we created this podcast is to unite rather than divide. But, I mean, the conversations that need to be had, like the other day and last week we had um, an optional meeting for worship for conversations like this. And it was great. There was, I think last week there was over a hundred people. And then this week there was over 50 people, but um, out of those people there, 
a very minimal amount of people who actually needs to be there. Like the people who should be there were not there. Like the people that need to have those conversations were not there. And that's something that I think we need to better ourselves going into the future. I don't think to I think go back and maybe just talk a little bit more about slacktivism because it's the episodes. Um, we talked about the black squares, but what do you, I think something else that was interesting to me and I sort of thought about was people were posting when, a couple of days after George Floyd was murdered, um, ways to like communicate to Minneapolis and communicate to the police of my name is blank. I want um, the officers to be trialed for murder. I want them to be charged with murder. Um, and I said I had a problem. I mean, like, was I mean, I'm all for advocation, and they were all over. Um, but something that I sort of thought about was what I would prefer is instead of people sharing all that information, because sometimes I felt like some people I was like, did they really call? Did they really reach out? Because I mean, if you're it, sometimes it takes a little bit of guts to call. Um, but I wanted people – I put on my story. I said, I would love for you guys to post the like news or post the, how to, the information of how to call and what to say. But afterwards, I want you to post um, a screenshot of your recent calls. And I want each of the numbers that you said on that shared information to be there. Because if you're saying and you're preaching to other people to do this, I expect you to be doing it as well. Um, I mean, this may be just my opinion, but I mean, that's what I sort of thought. I I definitely think there are people who are kind of treading into that waters of um, uh, posting stuff without actually doing it, like posting like like you, like you mentioned, different ways to like, call different people to ask for one thing or another, or like funds um, to donate I, to I think, stuff. Yeah, ex- exactly. Like like donation funds. But I think at a certain point we like we're starting to like head into sort of gatekeeping of like a movement, and I I don't think that's very productive. Obviously, we should be calling out like unproductive things, but I don't think we should really be completely like saying like you're not actually part of this movement or whatnot. Yeah, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Definitely agree. I encourage people to share their voice, but I I just think it's reached a point where it's just become superficial. Yeah, I agree with that too. That is true, I think. Um, But I mean, a lot of the people who do do these uh, black screens or whatnot, they actually do care about the issue. And I don't think it's just a superficial um, like surface of caring. I think it's actually a deep-rooted, careful thought. And they also do want to change the country for the better. I don't think it's necessarily that they're just like, oh, I put this up. All right, I'm not racist for the day, like stuff like that. I think that they actually want to make change for the better. All right, I think I'm gonna. I want to ask you guys this question because um, we're nearing sort of the end of an episode. Um, what are some suggestions do you think do you have to people? Because I know people have reached out to me um, and said. Hey, Julian, I know you know a decent amount about this stuff. What can I do to show that I care? Um, This one person texted me and said, I posted a black square and I don't want to look superficial. What else can I do in this moment? Because I really do care about the lives of African-Americans and blacks within the U.S. and other minority groups. 
and it's hard. I understand um, this person was white. And I understand sometimes that pressure of being like, I'm really just a normal white kid. What can I do? Um, so I want to ask you guys, what are some suggestions? What are some suggestions you have for people who are wondering what they can do? Um, I guess I can go first. Um, my my biggest thing that like I've been like telling people and like preaching is sort of like keep the same energy as uh, as long as there are still injustices. Yeah. Um, one of my biggest worries is that within a week or week and a half the the violence is gonna is gonna have quelled um protests are gonna be slowing down and people are gonna stop like forget about it are gonna start forgetting about it and going back to normal lives but sort of just and that's what i think that's what a lot of like elected officials like especially conservative ones want us to do they want us to want this kind of moment to pass you know so we can go back to like business as usual but i think we should continue to keep our lives on hold until we finally amend some of these injustices. Yeah, I totally agree with what you said, Daniel. Um, a lot of times after a terrible incident like this, um, it just subsides after a week or two. Um, although I do think that this is different. I mean, I've never seen a mobilization quite like this of so many different voices around the country. Um, but I mean, you're right. We got to stay vigilant. We have, we always have to push for justice, no matter how long it takes. Um, another thing I'll suggest is that you get involved. You call your representatives. You stay on top of the news. You know what's happening in our nation. You got to know what's happening um, in all these injustices. I'm not saying that you have to watch the news 24-7. All I'm saying is that you should make a conscious effort to stay on top of the recent news and try to better yourself so that we can better the nation. I think um, one thing to quickly add, oh, let me yeah. add something real quick to that. Yep. And then when watching news, um, whether that be CNN, whether that be MSNBC, whether that be Fox News, analyze what these people are saying, but also make up and make up what you believe in and what you think. Don't just listen and don't just follow like a sheep. You need to also Amen. come up with your own opinions, okay? Because I know a lot of people. I'll watch CNN. I don't really watch Fox News because you can really tell that they have a message. Everyone, I mean, everyone has some bias. Everyone has implicit bias. Everyone has bias with their shows and who they're supported by. So make sure that when you're listening to the news and when you're watching it, you think for yourself. That's the most yeah. important thing you can do. I agree. Take everything with a grain of salt, especially – giant media outlets like that a lot of times they're trying to push an agenda although they're not stating their biases up front um one suggestion that i would have to everybody would just be to research um historic systemic inequality especially towards african americans as a, this is the big issue right now so a couple of just like quick topics that you know you don't have to write a paper but like a quick google search a couple articles on um, the prison industrial complex the war on drugs the history of redlining and the history of education inequality are four um, giant systemic problems that have been facing the African-American community um, for going back decades. And I think just basic research and basic understanding of how the society, American society is intentionally, racism is intentionally included in so many aspects. I think educating yourself is a very important first step to understanding where we are today. Yeah, I think I'll add my input onto what you can do. Um, and I'll say what I said to the person who asked me. Um, I said that 
while there may not be anything up front at this moment, and you may seem like an ant in this giant, giant world, the best thing you can do is change the person you are if you think there needs to be change, and to not be afraid to speak out when something is said or something is done that you think is unjust. Um, Whether that be your friend saying something, whether that is your parents saying something, whether that is your grandparents saying something, these conversations need to be had. And that's one of the most impactful things you can do. A part of this is changing the culture of the United States. We need to change this culture of, I don't want to have some of these deep conversations because I already think this culture, this country is so great. Um, I think people are scared of hurting themselves. They don't want to hurt their ego and they don't want to maybe lose a friend. Um, But in all honesty, if I have a friend sometimes that is being really terrible and is, I think a bad person has bad morals. I mean, I want to have the conversations with them. I want to build an understanding of why don't shut people out. Ask them why have these conversations. And again, that's why we have this podcast. Um, to yeah. ask these com- questions, to have these conversations, um, to try to make this world a little bit a better place, you know? Yeah. I mean, as Martin Luther King said, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And I think, I mean, over the course of the past couple centuries, I mean, that rings true. If someone in our nation is not given the same liberties or justice as someone else, then it's an affront to our constitution. It's an affront to our rule of law and it's an affront to human decency. And I think we all need to stand up to it. Well said. Um, And then I think I'm going to leave this. I want to make sure at the end of almost every episode, our guests um, has the room to say anything they want to say, to put out a message to the world, to put out a message to other people. So Daniel, I want to give you your time to say whatever you want. Um, and people, if he says something, don't come after him. Um, everyone has entitled to their own opinion. But here you go, Mike. Um, Daniel, you have the mic. Um, I mean, just kind of what I what I said before about what there's, uh, what you can still do. I mean, for African Americans and other minorities, I mean, their lives have been disrupt disrupted for hundreds and hundreds of years, right? This might be must might feel like an inconvenience to not be able to post your normal like bikini pictures on Instagram, right? But we need to- we I need know, to man, I was super bummed. I know, I know, Jonah. I was, <laughs> I, I was, I was disappointed too. But we, have to, we do have to keep the same energy up um, as long as there still are injustices. And we need to be, we need to start making commitments to uh, keep our lives, keep putting our lives on hold until we tackle these things because naturally movements do die out. They do. People do get tired. I mean, that's, of course it's natural. Um, but we need to stay strong and make sure we use all of our power possible to once and for all, finally dismantle some of these corrupt institutions. Thank you. Thank Amen. you for those brilliant Thanks words. Me, guys. Very well said. Thank uh, you. Thank you. you. Oh, Daniel. Open uh, invitation. Anytime. Thanks so, so much, guys. This, this was fun. Yep. Um, so again, everyone, stay safe, stay healthy. Um, corona or COVID-19 is still a thing. So make sure when you're out there, um, stay safe, wear a mask. Um, be kind to everyone, even if you may not agree with them. 
um, give your loved ones and other people a social distance hug six feet apart. You know the rules. Um, and we'll see you guys on the next episode. Uh, this has been episode three. Um, so yeah, and then hopefully we'll have another special guest on soon. Thank you so much, Daniel. Thank you so much, Josh. Thank you so much, Jonah. Peace. Um, it's been a great episode. Thank you. Thank you.